Geek Shock. Geek Shock. And now, the Riverdale Carnival presents the Archies. Take care of the kissing booth while we're singing, Sabrina. Okay, everybody. Here we go with our new hit record. Sugar, sugar. Dead air. Dead air. It's glorious. Dead air. Dead Dude, air. I lost Dead my air. breath coming up those stairs there. Yeah. That's why I know I'm Uh-oh. way out of keep, shape. Keep the breadsticks away How from me. How many them. breadsticks did you have? Huh? Didn't have no breadsticks. Mm. Had two garlic knots, though. Yeah, that's kind of the breadsticks. Now they're creating a knot in his chest. <laughs> no, that's like liver failure or something. So you're showing me video of Jamie riding an otter. I you, am. You realize you're just rubbing this in my I face am. right I'm now. I am. Totally rubbing it in your and face. And I can see on Jamie's face that she's also rubbing it in my face. Yes, at this Hello. <laughs> wow. There's a lot of face rubbing. Yeah. Jamie, I'm jealous. Yeah. Of your otter You were invited. I was invited. I wish I could have gone. But uh, alas, it was not to be. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Not this time. Not this time. Maybe another time. There will be another time. There's no doubt in my mind. Because the call of Disney is hard to say no to. It's a terrible Jack London book. (laughs) (laughs) Blizzard Blizzard in Disneyland. I'm sorry? A blizzard in Disneyland, the call of uh, the call of Disney. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know your Jack London, I huh? don't know my Jack yeah, London. Yeah, okay. Clearly. Yeah. All the things you've read, and apparently the 10-page Jack London stories were too much for you. I have never ha- felt the call of the wild to go to Jack London, so uh, yeah. that's that's really all I know of Jack London. Mm. Sorry to interrupt, but um, why am I sitting here and not over there? Why not? That's in, up to uh, you, that's up dude. To you, man. It's right 80s there. Jeff spot. Big comfy chair, man. Go get it. It's sweaty, but it's comfy. There's no. Now wall- I don't want to sit in it. <laughs> <laughs> you said it's sweaty. Well, it's it's not sweaty with Jeff sweat. It's sweaty because that that couch does not breathe. Oh, okay. Part it it re- is well- sentient, but it doesn't <laughs> breathe. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be at this age. It's looking at you. You don't realize it, but it's looking at it's you. It's sneering at you. It's glaring, even. Beckoning, if you will. Mm, okay. Give me your butt. Put your butt here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going wow. to isolate that as a sound bite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 421. I am Master Torgo. <laughs> Commander K. What the hell was that? Uh, you hurt yourself on that one. Oh, yeah, that was gross. Fact check Barney? I don't know. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fact check Barney. Back to <laughs> Maple Leaf Matt. And we're to talk week and geek. Yes, we are minus one Jeff. Yeah. That's a that's a rarity. Yeah, I know. Poor guy's called in to work tonight. Yeah. Oh, money. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you can't say no to the man. Literally, you yeah. can't say no. He's got the realest job of all of us, I think. So pretty know. much. Yeah. Oh no, you got a pretty real job there, Matt. I do. Yeah. You got to dress Taking like a Mormon. Souls. <laughs> <laughs> soul. Give me a soul. Do yeah. my tour. All you have to do is sit for two hours. You can stand. There you go. We give you options. Two hours. Two hours in quotes. <laughs> yes. In or quotes. four or five. Do you do the air quotes when you're like telling them how it works? No. No. Sit for two hours. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be like good legal protection. You're like, Your Honor, I did quotes. Sure. I don't know. It what. works for the president. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. How do you tweet air quotes? You are fake news. It's really easy to tweet air quotes. Yeah, you just I guess use it's easy when you're quotes. a genius. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Wow. 
I, I well, you, we should start with the Star Trek. That was the big thing we all, a bunch of us went to. That is true. This was <clears throat> the 20th anniversary, the reunion of uh, Star Trek folk, people that worked there, people that's a. Uh, uh, Star Trek: The Experience. Star Trek. Thank you. No, it was actual Star Trek. Actually, twenty. It was Star Trek's only been around for twenty years. Yep. So. That's it. Yeah. Everything else is fake news. Fake itty fake. So, no, it was the twentieth anniversary Star Trek Experience reunion. Uh, actors and uh, retailers and anybody that worked on the ride were there, going back all twenty years. And yep. Hangers on like me. And then, and it was open to the public, so yep. we l- let Andy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but there was cake, so Andy was going to be there. Sure, absolutely. I had two or three pieces. You had a clocking device. That's how you got in, right? Yeah. Mm. None of you had a neutrino beam device, huh? Did you learn nothing from the Dominion? Jeez. They're hard to build. Have you tried to build one? Yeah. You can't cross the wires. (laughs) Or the streams. Important safety tip. But there was a lot of props from the time, great pictures held up, and, and a lot of celebration and cries and happiness. It was nice. Yeah. Very, very nice. It was, it, was, it was fun. Yeah, I saw a few people I hadn't seen in nearly 20 years. They showed up, and that was, that was great, mm-hmm. just to m- make contact with people again. Um, it was fun. It was very fun. Saw a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while. And it's it's really you know that wonderful awkward oh my god what's your name you you actually remember talking to this person every day yes and and here you are I can't even remember your name yep. mm-hmm. there are a couple people that I still don't know their name mm-hmm. you're like hey you and we yeah. talk and and yeah now there's so. this fellow uh, Kristen you know, S I could never pronounce his last name it's S and then it's a handful of random yeah. novels <laughs> like, you played that clingy on the Omulin org that's the one <laughs> sure clingy on but but really what touched me that evening was there's this Andy? gentleman that wa- was Andy and then after that this gentleman walked up this bearded fellow yeah Greg, up to, Greg uh, from Atlanta yes yes he was amazing uh, w- walked up to Kirsten and myself and just said that he's introducing him to himself to all the people that worked at Star Trek the experience and proceeded to say how much the experience meant to him and it was like tears to my eyes did you hear did Beautiful. he tell you his opening day story I don't believe he did oh my god it's it's actually yeah it's actually not bad so he somebody sent him a picture at the ground of the groundbreaking okay and he says I'm gonna be there so he started oh. calling up the the Hilton and uh Ask him when it was open. Well, you know, eventually, eventually. And he's got so he was calling up every month and they, they hooked him up with somebody in marketing and then they, they sort of became like, you know, it was like a monthly call. And there were so many delays, this became quite the ritual. Right. <laughs> but it was but it was like you know, they talked to this person every month and they, they, you know, became very friendly over the phone and she would actually tell him what was going on. And a couple months before it actually opened, like three months before it opened, she sent him a t shirt and a hat from the experience. Oh wow. Um and so he bought a ticket to come out for the opening night, and he talked. You know, the person from marketing goes, "I, you know, but I'd love to have a drink with you and meet you." But you know, so he goes down to meet with them, and uh, they're like, "Oh, I got to go." And the person she was down there with said, "Do you have a, you know, any formal wear?" He goes, "No, no, is that what I got?" He goes, "You're going to need a tux." And handed him a ticket to the opening night, oh. the the star-studded opening night that only the celebrities are allowed to. Oh wow! So now he's got to find a tux. Yeah, he goes down to the concierge. And they go, well, there's a tux place, you know, pretty much around the corner. So he calls him up, and the guy goes, well, really, we're closed, but I'm waiting for my wife to pick me up. 
if you can get down here the next half hour, we can cook you up. So he jumps in a tab. It's down to the guy fits him for a tux. He's in the tux, you know, and and uh, the guy, you know, the guy's there with his wife, who's finally come, and he goes, "You know, you're never gonna get a cab in time to get back for this thing. We'll, we'll give you a ride." So the guy from the ta- from the tux place gives him a ride back <laughs> to the star-studded opening, and he's sitting there next to you know various celebrities, and oh, who are you with? And he goes, "I'm not here with anybody. I'm the luckiest man in the world." <laughs> That's great! Wow, we'll talk yeah. about just everything working in your that, favor. That, that's a great story. Oh, it's man. really, really funny. But yeah. yeah, he was very, he was very sweet. He was just coming up to everybody and he came out. But he paid back that love. I mean, he gave every, he came back and told everybody, made everybody feel good. I saw him talk to several yes. people. Yeah. I started watching him across the room running into people like, oh, look at that face. Oh, and, that's and, and the that's party, nice. it was the same thing. He was in Atlanta. He saw the announcement of the anniversary and he said, I told my wife, I think I'm going to go there. And he came into Vegas from Atlanta just for the anniversary yeah, for a party. day. Yeah. Yeah. So, no tux this time. What the hell did you do to your hair? You scratched it. <laughs> you made it explode. I've been in the rain. It's my, <laughs> my hair gets all Brady, Brady Bunch when I get out in humidity. <laughs> Apparently <Yeah>. so. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's a tower of hair. <laughs> it's like a Vorta. That's <laughs> 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 I, I looked over and all of a sudden Ronald McDonald had a... Yeah, hair color change. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, it was wonderful, and thanks for those who came out, and thanks to all the Star Trek people that worked there and made it such a wonderful place to work at. That was fantastic. It was a very yeah, it was a very fun, very fun evening. And heads up, uh, heads up, heads up, hands up, hands up. Um, congrats. I don't know. I'm old. I can't think words no more. Um, uh, props to Alex, the owner of the Millennium Fandom Bar. He uh, really went uh, all out to uh, to accommodate us. Uh, he opened up his little banquet room area, which was nice. Yeah, it's still Very nice. Yep, still a still a bit of a work in progress, but it definitely totally. Uh, did what it needed to do. It's, it's technically not his space. They just let him use it because nobody's using it right now. So is that true? Yeah. Is that, is that what's going on? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really a gallery that hasn't been open for two years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh well, then that's even that's yeah. even more extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it has a gallery feel to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Especially some of those non Star Trek related paintings that were <laughs> yes. on the wall. Or a few. Yeah. Um, but so. that that. That uh, display piece you guys all pose for pictures in front of? The 20th Arch, yeah. Yeah, the 20th Arch was built by the guy that makes props for him, like, overnight. Overnight? Yes. Yeah, he threw it. He he pounded that together. That was a metal arch, wasn't night. it? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> wow. Yeah, he did a good job on that. And uh, set that all up. And, yeah, it was, it was just... Uh, that was great on Alex's part. So, um, thank you, Alex. And if you're in town and you're listening to this podcast... You undoubtedly would enjoy the Millennium Fandom Bar, so make sure to look it up and stop by. If you have any questions about it, just ask Andy. Right? Yeah. yeah I know. You notice I didn't mention it this time. You didn't. I didn't. You didn't. You wanted to. I didn't. I, I knew you guys thinking, would take care of it. I was thinking, wow, Kirsten's doing it now too. Yeah. It's a great space. <laughs> well, I had it really to, is a great space. Whether it, I, whether it, I, and I, Alex really works hard. When I was, you know, thanking him, he's like, "Oh, no problem, man. No problem. This is our community." And so he's very, very uh, into the geek community and wanting. There, there to is be a nightclub downtown. Downtown, yeah. There is a nightclub downtown called the Nerd. Yes. And everybody who goes there goes, "Wow, that was awful." 
for you know they go in there for like ten minutes and it's like seriously because it's not really a place for nerds. It's a place where somebody's decided nerds are a good thing to market, and, and they see. go in and it's like this. So, there's no heart here. So the video game place shut down, and so they're like, "There's a there's a hole to fill." Right, right. It was actually it was I think before. Oh God, it was Jillian's for a while. Yeah, it, was it was Jillian's. It was the it was a drag bar for a while. Yes, it was. Yeah, and uh, now it. It's owned by the same person that owns the esports game place up above. <gasps> oh my god, guys! I've got it—a drag bar for nerds. We'll call it Dragon. Mm. <laughs> I'm in the Dragon. I'm in. Let me get my lipstick. Yeah, you wouldn't need that though because the nerd world is pretty much open to that thing. So you see a lot of drag people, anyways. But that means they're there and we can mar- market directly yes, to them. Sure, Don't ruin yeah. this, yes. Andy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the difference between that place and Millennium Fandom Bar. The Millennium Fandom Bar is a place built by nerds for nerds, and nerd love is there. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> One's now, with the heart hoping to make a living off of it. The other one is hoping to make a living off of nerds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does it still have bowling, the nerd? Yeah, it does. No, that, they have that going for yeah. them then. And I haven't, got, I haven't been there since they opened, really. But I've heard, heard reports from people. But there was like a whole gaming room in the back that I doubt ever gets used. Oh. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I'll never find myself downtown anymore. So. Yeah. Sounds like somebody was like, oh, insert coins is uh, closed. That's, That's exactly uh, it. Oh, no, this is above. This is above inserts. Well, yeah, you know, we insert coins a different place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking about <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the bar that, right. the gaming bar that yeah, closed. Yeah. You're with us. Wasn't that its name? Wasn't it Insert Coins? Yes, it was. Yeah, that's right. That I that I weirdly and question markingly called the video game place. Yeah, well, (laughs) it it was funny. I thought you were saying it was a video game place in that space. Right. That's that's why I realized. Boy, I gave no information when I said. Right. Right. Funny. Totally did not help Andy. No, not at all. I remember reading articles and stuff like that. Like, oh, Insert Coins doing great. Blah blah blah. And then I stopped. And all of a sudden they're gone. It's like, yeah, okay. They, I, they did great, like many places do in Las Vegas, for the first three or four months. Yep. Yeah, then, then it gets uh, to be a push. It's 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 a great way to launder your money. Mm. What was weird about insert coins is it seems like it tried to meld two things that don't go well together, mm. and that is nerds playing video games. All right, because they had the video game tables. You the table you bought the table like you do in a club, and it came with a console and a selection of games and the console of your choice. And then it had the dance area where they played the modern dance music where people got up and danced. And my experience, it's nerds not a, dance. It's a nerd combination <laughs> that don't work so well. Um, so it, it was, whenever I went in there, it's like, I feel like this is a place that doesn't know what it wants to be. Well, yeah, I mean, it yeah. Also, I think a lot of that also was just the dance environment collided with playing video games, because I heard that a lot of the, uh, the the arcade games they had would go on the fritz, so you eventually you were having a hard time playing their various ar- arcade games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a third of the space was stand-up alone arcade yeah. games as well. And mm-hmm. the console games are kind of hard to play when that DJ music is playing, because that's loud music. Oh, yep. yeah. I mean, they're... The dance things at any nerd convention function are always jam packed with people. So sure. I don't, I don't quite go that that is a clash of cultures. But that kind of volume for music 
and right next to gaming mm-hmm. and stuff like that i don't think totally because that you know the the dj level of volume is just and obnoxious i'll go back to playing fan bar they have the gaming there but they also have dancing on different nights like fridays and saturdays there's often a dj there's often a dj there mm-hmm. who's playing nerd friendly music they're playing you know dance remixes of the Mario Brothers theme song and shit like that. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not saying that nerds yeah. don't dance. No, that's something. But it, uh, it, it's, there is a proper music for nerds to dance to. There's like a electro, electro swing. They play electro swing there a no, lot. No, Kay's right. It's the volume levels. Like when it's just obnoxiously yeah. loud. Yeah, because I was there, there. And it was like, I did not want to be there because that music was so loud. I'm not a dance person myself. Mm-hmm. But... It, it it wasn't like well why is that there as much as it was like this is too loud sure I, it wasn't a place you could socialize yeah you couldn't socialize you, I mean although I've been told that the reason why clubs are so loud it's supposed to be so that you have to literally lean into someone's face to communicate with them and it forces that intimacy and you know does the that's like the whole lore of the club scene or some bullshit I don't know Sean Lee is hot. What do you think? (laughs) I'm a dragon. (laughs) Oh, I know just the place for you. It's right up the street. (laughs) Well, fuck. Now I'm into one of my stories. I'll probably told again. All right. So, yep. Friend of mine is. We've at, heard it. My friend of mine is at. Uh, yep. Um, San Diego one year. Okay. For the, for the and their their dance things going on. Uh, seduction and Anderson is playing, and they're the music blasting away. And my friend leans over to his friend. So I'm looking. You know, where's so and so? She's over there, dancing with Steve Rude. What? She's over there dancing with Steve Rude. What? She's over there dancing with Steve Rude, the blonde guy. At which point the music cuts off, and my friend at the same volume screams, "What? Steve Rude is Steve Rude is blind? How the hell does he draw so well?" Yep, yep, yep. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what else you do this week, gentlemen? I went to the happiest place on earth. God damn it! I know you did. <laughs> I know you did, and yeah. you watched otter riding. Yes, otter, otter, otter. Tell before, me about your journey. Before you, okay. I'm going to lean back, get ready for the story, but here, pass the donuts. <laughs> the donuts, excuse me. Here's the donuts. The Timbits. Thank you. So, oh, you uh, want some of my, my, tonut, my uh, donut balls there? Here you go. They're so, awful sorry. black. Friend of yeah, the show, Jamie, <laughs> and a couple of her friends wanted to go to uh, Disneyland because California Disney was having the was having the last rides for some of their stuff before they remake re- re- uh, Jiggered them for uh, Reimagined. Uh, Pixar. Ah, so like all the, the the big roller, the biggest roller coaster in the West Coast uh, is being going to become the incredible coaster. All the stuff think... that California Adventure. Yes, exactly. So and that and it was the last day uh, for the uh, winter stuff. Ah, so that was actually kind of a cool surprise. I went to see the fireworks, and and after the fireworks, suddenly it started snowing. I'm like, whoa, what? It's snowing, and I didn't know that was going to happen. Disney's so that was, goddamn that was a magic. Delightful surprise. Disney is goddamn magic. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was very fun uh, uh, just uh, dropping into that wonderful subculture. I mean, Disney people are serious about that shit. And, oh, yes. And and I mean, there's people in elaborate outfits. They're like, you know, dressed to the nines. And there's people, they're like gang colors. There's people like with denim jackets on. It's like Mickey's Marauders and stuff. And But, you know, on the front, it's all covered with the pins because that's a huge thing, too, is the pin collecting and pin trading. The pins? Yeah, well, there's some, the pins. some older Disney oh, fans out the there. the pins. Yeah, you know, that, I was told, is the reason to watch Tomorrowland. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, Escape the, from Tomorrow? Escape from Tomorrow, the George Clooney. Oh, pick. no, Tomorrowland. That's right. George, the George Clooney movie? Yes, that one I got. Because <clears throat> that uh, like is supposed to have so many little uh, in, in-house references to the Disney nerd subculture, okay. like the pens. Ah. Okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. Now, okay, uh, for the first time now, I want to watch Yeah, you watch that with a hardcore Disney nerd. We'll see. We'll and, do that when Bean comes to they'll town. Actu- you'll actually see a lot of, oh, I get that. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah, you know, you'll mm-hmm. get a lot of that. Okay. So, yeah, there was that. Goddamn uh, people. There's the ears. There's a zillion kinds of different Mickey ears oh, now. Oh, yes. There's there's Star Wars ears that yes, are lit are. up and, and, and changed, like, animated. The ears have, like, three different levels of... Uh, it's plexiglass with the, with the with the carvings in it, so that well, they light up three different sections and, and oh. things move across it. And oh, it's astounding! I now, have the, I have the uh, Tron ones. See, those are those are apparently thoughts uh, sought after. Those are yes. those were didn't exist for long. Um, no. uh, there's a BB-8 one, and the Star Wars stuff is huge. I mean, the, the Star oh, Wars land is is getting is there the what used to be. The Imaginarium or something. There's there's this big round building in the in the uh, world of Tomorrowland or Tomorrow Tomorrowland. Um, that's that's well, all. Enough. What's that? Yes, that's all um, preview stuff, pretty much for yes. that thing. I w- I went. There was a big chunk of the model, and uh, that's how I got those cards. I was I was I was looking at the model and taking a picture of the model. The and model. This, there's a ten foot model of a section of what the thing's gonna be. Oh, and I and a woman walked over. You know, walked and asked me if I wanted to ask any questions, and I did. And then she explained to me that it's actually part of a forty-foot model for the entire for the for the Disney War, the Star Wars Land. Wow! And, uh, yeah, and then she handed me the, the collector's cards that had the uh, the concept sketch, art, concept art, and sketches and stuff. Yeah. So you saw one quarter of the model that I, I'm built not for the even. Land. I might have shot. I'm not sure if it's uh, the uh, full model is forty by forty or if it's forty by ten. I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. But, but I saw about a ten by ten section of it. Um, All the stuff I'm seeing out of that looks amazing. Jamie's friends told me. One of Jamie's friends told me that there's some guys have a podcast that are lived nearby and are following the construction pretty closely. I guess you can peek in from a parking garage and see part of it. Dude, there is a <clears throat> YouTube channel out there. It might be what she's talking yeah. about. And literally every day that's what they do they videotape what they can see and they fly over it with the drones yeah yeah those drone people that must be hilarious you're just working away you know with the rivet gun and there's this (laughs) i wonder how many of those things get knocked out of the air yeah Yeah. millennium falcon drone just (laughs) the the disney um sam sites yeah (laughs) i got to see uh i got to see i I didn't I, i was not brave enough to go on the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I'm you disappoint just, me. Andy. Well, I think I might work my way up to it now because I went on a couple of rides. That it's I was, not as scary as you think it is. It's yes, a plummet. It is. I'm not a big fan of plummets, it's, but it's I could work terrible. my way up to it. It's it's not it's not a plummet so much as faster than falling. Sure, exactly. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I hung there out. You go. It's faster than plummet. But I did hang out near there for a while and watched uh, Groot uh, greeting people. There were people getting pictures oh, of Groot. Cool. Which is a really cool costume. I was like, take. I couldn't. I still don't know how Groot sees, but he sees. Definitely sees because he interacts with people. But then uh, um, uh, Star Lord and Gamora came out and had a dance off. See, which nerds was dance all the pretty time. Pretty amazing. That's right, dancing nerd. Yep. She they had a dance a dancing. They uh they come out and uh, they're they're supposed to be stealing something out of you know they're they're doing their the, the guy who played uh, Star Lord was pretty good he was doing a pretty good Star Lord, 
But he's like, oh yeah, we're just, uh, excuse me, you just step over and push one of the little Disney guards aside and then open up a box and sets off alarms and, oh no, no, we got, uh, you know, we've set off the heat sensors. We got to, uh, all right, the only thing we do, you know, we'll have to be- generate a lot of heat. So, you know, come on kids, dance. And he pulls up the kids and the kids start dancing. It was, it was funny stuff though. I mean, they, 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 they it's had like some, what they do with the kids at the Jedi section. Right. But he had some yeah. funny lines. He was actually pretty good at improv. He yeah. pulled a few good ones, good ones out. Dude, if you're going to open up a theme park and hire actors for your characters, yep. L.A., you're good. Yep. Dude, I'd last one day. Because I'd be like a first order trip. Like, Get the fuck out of the way, kid. Move aside. First fucking order. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have the Disney... Uh, you, you you could not be a fungineer. No. Yeah. A fungineer? Fungineer. Uh, all right. What, what, Matt, They're the ones that make the Funyuns, I think. Matt, what if... What if... Disney got a whole bunch of timeshares to sell. <laughs> they have a they bunch of, of timeshares. Well, then there you go. There's your yeah. niche. There's your in. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, now you're now you you can be a corporate man all the way. Yeah, sure. Yep. Two you, hours. You were talking about the interaction with the kids. I still remember that video of the one guy who was doing Darth Vader. Oh, and yes. Taking it so he took it totally seriously, yeah. and the one kid who. Just wanted the hug and wanted to, and and like they're taking pictures and finally the the Darth Vader just quietly extends his hand right next to the kid so, so the kid can sweet. take his hand for the picture. And that's so. Oh, sweet. that's not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of the one where the little girl bows down to Darth Vader. Right, that's yeah. my favorite. Yeah. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people talk about that. One. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be Andy and go a little obscure, yeah. but apparently there are times when Andy goes with the flow. Right. It happens. <laughs> Very rare times. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that roller coaster is amazing. You've been, you been on that one? You know what? I never did go that one. That's it's it's huge and fast, and it actually has a second lift. So you're 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 halfway through, and suddenly it goes starts going up again. I'm like, oh, all right. I, I think I was always disappointed with that roller coaster. Really? Only because I expect more from Disney than just a generic roller coaster, and that's what that always seemed like to me. It's because pretty, it's pretty good. All their other coasters, mind you, Disney coasters are not scary. That's probably the first one that is. But it's the theming that I enjoy about well, Disney. It'll be themed uh, Incredibles pretty soon, so then you can go on it. Then I'll be super excited to go yeah. for it. So it's in Pixar Land, whatever? Well, the, the California Adventure, which is going to be Pixar Land, essentially. Soon to be. They have a Pixar Pixar Pier, I believe, is the right. name of the area. Right. Well, now it's something Pier. Um, See, uh, in Star Wars Land, something California. In Star Wars Land, they can do another roller coaster and call it the Kessel Run. Oh, they better have the Kessel Run. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Well, they are going to have a you fly the Millennium Falcon ride, mm. but I'm sure it's going to be more simulated than anything. Yeah, that's in that room with the previous stuff. There was like their whole bunch of models of the ships. That I guess weren't actual filmed models, but they were damn good. They were full size. They were the full size they shot, so they were that was cool to look at. Um, now the cool thing with Disney is they have these wristbands now. That that's how you use your fast passes and all that sort of thing. Uh, and that can also take information in and out with RFID and so on. Great. What how they're incorporating that with. The Star Wars is things that happen to you on the ride because I guess there's different outcomes on the mm-hmm. ride that gets saved to your RFID. So things will happen around the Star Wars area of the park based on what you experience for your own ride. Like if you crash the Millennium Falcon, you might hear an announcement of uh, 
Chewbacca's looking for whoever damaged the Falcon or whatever. Trying to create that more personalized experience. The Empire wants to give the medal to whoever destroyed the Falcon. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something. Mm. And, of course, you can buy all your souvenirs with that thing and have it shipped to your room and make so, it, like, actually the, get all uh, the money. The park is, is actually under um, first order control. The whole park right now? That, that's what it's going to be. Oh. It's going to be, there will be a small rebel faction wandering around, but it's going to be, it's going to be a first order controlled area. Ooh, is there going to be a, a, an, a, an adult nightlife canto bite? Wow. I understood him. I didn't get it. Canto bite? That's the, the rich planet. Oh, oh, the gambling planet. I, yeah. Probably not. But. Got a lot of fucking nerve, Andy. I know. <laughs> wow. I know. I only saw that movie once. I was love to see that one now. But now I'm going to see lots of movies once I get a little money ahead. Now that I found out about that thing we were talking about the other day, Movie Pass. Yeah. Oh, you guys looking to doing Movie Pass, huh? Well, I can't until I get a, a stable income, but I'd do it if I if I had a, a consistent job right now. Because it's one of those things you pay a monthly fee, ten dollars a month, and unlimited movies. Yep. You see, you, you can one see one movie a day. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Is Galaxy? Uh, Included in this? I don't know if Galaxy. Well, that's a deal breaker for me. Then it's only uh, Regal AMC. It's only regular, regular stuff. It's not the three, the uh, XD. It's not the uh, (laughs) what? What XD? 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 Yes. You can't get extra dick for ten dollars a month. Oh yes, you can. And that was a question. (laughs) That was a question. Went in the park. Is would Paul actually? You can't get extra dick. (laughs) I don't know if Paul would say that. I, I, my, my, I contend that Paul would actually have enough decorum not to say that in front of the kids. I think he would look around to see if there were kids and then launch into it. Yes, okay. <clears throat> good luck finding a place without kids there. That's a good point. Yeah. <clears throat> Unlike me, I'd go right into it. I don't <laughs> care if little Jimmy's beside me. You're going to learn this someday. X stands for extra. Wow. D stands for fucking dick. Man, All right, Jimmy? Man is <laughs> and Florida man comes out again. Yeah. yeah. The execs are going to be like, can we give him a character that doesn't speak English? <laughs> Put him in a goofy costume. Put him in the Groot suit. He can only say one thing in there. I am fucking Groot. He does, by the way. <laughs> they do have several different recordings of I am Groot coming out of him. He says I am Groot in several different ways. Sure. Yeah. He'd better. Yeah. Yeah, really. We've got to break that. He knows what's good for him. What else you do this week, gentlemen? <sighs> I finally watched Bright. Oh, good. Oh, okay. Excellent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will. I want it as a TV series. Nice. I know they're making a sequel film. Right. Yeah. I don't think uh, Will does TV anymore. Well, it doesn't have to be with him. Oh, okay. Yep. That's what. Just, that's just what Kay that, said. Just that, like the the world they built is amazing. Yes, I think that there's a lot. There's a there's a lot there that they're they're not saying because I still don't precisely understand how the hell it works. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what Kay said. I think you said it on the show that, that what you wanted was that to be a, a build out over an eight or ten episodes yeah yeah i mean that could have been a nice yeah. netflix uh eight to ten hours of of show i get what they're trying to do that's like they're one of their flagship movies mm. so they're trying to to make it a, a thing a big thing yeah. you but could spin off comics and novelizations and you wouldn't have to use the same characters either you could no. i mean you could set something in that world and not use the star power of old smith that's what I said. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I said it doesn't have to be with him. Right. Well. He did say that. But I know, but I thought you were no, saying the recasting Will Smith, but Okay. Yeah, his lesser known brother. I like Bill? Bob Smith. Jaden Smith. 
<laughs> By the way, Matt, I liked how you held the microphone up to your mouth to shake your head no. Yes. That's right. <laughs> just want to make sure the viewers hear it. Yeah. So the people watching on our YouTube channel. You can hear that baby <laughs> rattling around. <laughs> yeah. I watched um, uh, Professor Biggs was in town, so he crashed on the couch for the uh, party. So at one point we uh, we watched. Um, I introduced him to toys that made us. Oh yeah, one night and uh, I'm sure he fell in love with that. Yeah, he he enjoyed. I you know what? It's so funny. The I'm loving I'm loving that He Man episode. I've now watched it like three times. Oh wow, the one Cause, guy because <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> but also just their whole their whole fucking. I know the the, the way it develops. Like oh, we didn't tell you about the comic book. Yeah, right, there's right. a comic book, <laughs> you know. And then, oh, we did. I didn't tell you about the TV specials. They're TV specials. It, it's just so fucking yeah. funny. And it's like I remember, I remember when people used to derisively do that. Oh, fucking commercials. Just, just you know, half hour long commercials for toys, and they were so appalled at the cynicism of it and the sheer evil. And to watch these people's delight. In what they were creating mm-hmm. and everything, I have to say that I'm, I, you know, I don't see it quite so jaded mm-hmm. anymore. I think it's it's actually a hilarious. The story. thumb, the thumb thing still cracks me up every time I think about it. On the it. GI Joe thumb yeah. thing, yeah. and that our other company getting owned because of it. Right. Oh, yeah. we're idiots! Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's just like we are suckers. Oh my god! Yeah. I can yeah. hardly wait for that episode because you know that one's coming. The Mego episode. Yeah, you know, I, I want that one back. I watch randomly. Actually, after the after the Star Trek thing, I came home and took drugs because I still have this creeping. Crush as one will do yeah. on a yeah. yeah. Friday. I, I was while I was waiting for the Mucinex to take effect, which I has nothing. I can't taste anything but Mucinex anymore. Um, I turned on flips through Netflix. I'm like, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales is on. I'm like, awful. Well, I can watch awful. I watched it. I watched it too. Did you really? Yes. Okay. Well, I, awful. I, I did oh, not find easy. it awful. I found it perfectly. Oh God. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Yep. I think you drank the Kool-Aid of hate. Is that yeah. is that the fifth one? I think so, yeah. It's the latest yeah. one, right? Okay. It's the hard Yeah, the one was out this summer that nobody watched. Okay. I, I think those movies get judged way too harshly. I guess they are ex- big, expensive movies, but they're just, there's popcorn movies, man. You're not supposed to think about them too much, you know? Well, I can tell you after the results of this last movie, it'll probably be the last one. Because of the... Because of the uh, it bombed. Diminishing returns yeah. on finance. It bombed. Yeah. Oh. God, I like the look of delight on his face as he yeah. was giving you that news. He 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 actually looks sincerely happy. I'm gonna crush Andy right now. I will tell you, it opens up with a very well, not quite opens up, but I mean, early on is a sequence where uh, Captain Jack Sparrow accidentally robs a bank, which is hilarious. No, oh, that's funny. and I Clear it up, Andy. And I re- what's that? Clear up what you're okay. saying. So it's a brand new bank. Opens Spoiler up. alert! Not that yeah, it's, it's big. It's, it's, in it's first the opening, minutes. right? Yeah. Open a new bank opening up, and there's a big safe in it, and and they're gonna steal it. They got a rope tied around it, and the, the townspeople are shooting at Captain Jack, and all the pirates have the rope tied to it, and they pull it through the back wall for the well team of horses, except that back wall doesn't break, so they yank the bank off the foundations, 
and then there's like a totally five. believable. No, no, it's not. There's nothing believable about it. Everything is over the top. Because the, the vault itself weighs a ton, right? Plus the buildings. Oh wow! True. Again, uh, thinking way too much about it. It's it's fun pop. <laughs> only six I, I want to see what Matt has to say when the ghosts. I show know, up. right? <laughs> totally believable. But the ghosts. There's a five minute right? sequence. Their hair's moving like they're underwater, right. and they're not. Isn't there a squid face dude? Yeah, it's Davy Jones, yeah. <laughs> which he has no problem with. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there's like a five minute sequence of the of the bank being pulled through the town, basically a chase scene with Donnie Depp jumping off and on the off the bank, which is you know, it's ridiculous, mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous, but delightful. All right, yeah, I'm glad you thought so because yeah. I could care less about that movie. All right, so for those of uh, you who like, you know, can enjoy a movie and have some soul. God, you're watch killing a movie. me, Matt. You're killing me. Those of you who are haters, like you know, Captain Canada over here. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, sir, but uh, I enjoy Corporal such Canada. movies, such as Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. among some that everyone hated, but I like. I liked such movies as <laughs> any, any other way the two are the same. The such pirate, movie pirate movie, the as movie such movie. As. <laughs> There's one movie people didn't like that I liked. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> and that's uh, Sophie's Choice. What? <laughs> <laughs> and he only wished she could kill both of them. <laughs> Take them both! Take them both! No, that's real. Okay, that's real. That's how a real mother would act. That's real. Don't give me this fake. So Sorry about the spoiler on the 30 year old movie. Yeah, right. Jesus. Take them both! Oh, God. I. Oh. Well, I don't even want to get into that. I saw that movie. It was just like, fucking Christ. Uh, uh, pirates? No, Sophie's Choice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jesus, now you. What are you doing? Don't. What are you recording this? Absolutely. Look at Kirsten be upset about Ow. Sophie's Choice. <laughs> no, 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 no. That, 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 it's just too stressful. You just didn't agree. Oh, no, dude. It, yeah, I didn't agree. <laughs> Obviously, should have gone with the older one. You don't send away the baby. Oh, even further spoilers. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All the comments well, coming well, in. Well, to be fair, the original title was Send Away the Baby. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Take my baby. No, that's just, wow. Wow, that just, I know. Um, I'm going to try to think of something geeky here. Yeah. I'd like um, to say that that was probably the most discussion of Sophie's Choice in a, <laughs> in a podcast in the last four years. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. I was going to say ever, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well. Um, oh, don't worry. Disney's buying it soon. We're going to have the whole Sophie's Choice Cinematic Universe. So- oh Sophie's my Choice reboot. <laughs> oh, God. Show- Sophie's Choice the experience at Disney California Adventure. Yeah, it's going to be the new roller coaster when the Incredibles fails. And and it alters you know, how you what you choose at the end changes how the whole rest of the experience of the park is. No, no, everybody <laughs> votes which track it goes on. It's, you, you, while it's going and up you the can't hill, even get you press A or B or it's, it's an old face and a baby face, and the baby face is the easy going side. The old face is the the hardcore's version. So everyone gets a vote. And Except because they're Nazis, it isn't always that way. That's so true. You, you don't know what the that's hell you're true. right, and you can't even get online. Unless you have two or more kids. Oh, yeah. So It's like, God forbid you're a childless couple. You can't even ride it. Mm. Yeah, that's... You're, you're not welcome here. That's 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 on that sign. If you're, Boy, you know what? If, you're, if, people if, you're, if your child is this tall, you may not ride. Yeah, if, if people are getting horrified by this line, I, there's so much shit going through my head right now that if we were at dinner, <laughs> oh, God. I'd really go to the next level. 
with theming and set design. And, holy shit. Thanks, Todd. You, 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 you brought me up. I'm out of my funk now. <laughs> well, that's uh, Disney's new new world, Schindler's Pier. So. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the, the retail area is all in black and white except for the little red coat. Right. And it's a little animatronic that goes... There's red running. coats? That, <laughs> it's a little animatronic that runs down the center of the road. Yeah. There you go. What else did you get? After the fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> After the fireworks. Yeah, yeah. Todd's sitting there going, holy shit, it's snowing. No, Todd. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, you can, we, we can laugh at these. It's it's not too soon. <laughs> Talk about your ashes to orphans. <laughs> yeah. That's a good segue. Yeah, that's right. Ashes to orphans, which is a game I somehow forgot to talk about. Which is, I got to... Somehow. Almost, almost played no, it. I, I thought we talked about this on an early episode, but I guess we didn't because we mentioned it. Uh, it's, uh, it's based on... Uh, this is an up. actual board game. It's a board game. It's a tile-based game. It's based on the webcomic Looking for Group. Uh, which is drawn by um, oh, what the hell is his name? Shit, um, John Smith. No, it's not Johnny John Depp. Smith. It's a really bizarre name. It's a friend of Celestia's. Red buttons. Um, but anyways, it's tile based, and one person's playing the hero trying to save the orphans from the burning orphanage. Okay, and the other's playing the sorcerer trying to run around the orphanage and burn the orphans while this hero's not looking. All right. Yeah. Is it a two player game? Yeah, you can only play a two player. What if the hero I'll- helps the wizard? Well, that would that would be a different game. <laughs> that makes it a cooperative game. That, that would be the, that would be a, yes. Be. <laughs> Tuesday nights are grumpy nights for Matt. I know, <laughs> man. Orphans and ashes. Orphans and ashes. Yes. And I appreciate and that segue. For what else did you do this week, Kirsten? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even. Uh, I put away Christmas. That was fun. <laughs> I. That sounds depressing. Uh, I was actually going to ask if the family could do Christmas over at your place Thursday or Friday, but I guess that's gone. So, Yep. Nope. Okay. No. Well, you still can. There just won't be a tree. Right. Yeah. There won't be a tree or a decoration. You can say Merry anything. Christmas anytime you like. It's right. illegal now. That's so. right. President Trump made it Christmas every day of the year. Yeah. So Merry Christmas. God bless America. A bleak, bleak Christmas. <laughs> a bleak, bleak, underdecorated Christmas. And do you say an oblique Christmas? A bleak, bleak, oh, okay. underdecorated oblique? Christmas. Yeah. Oblique. Yeah. It's, uh, it's weighted to one side. Yeah. Wow. I have no idea what that means. Lar de Souza. That's the guy that did, uh, did uh, written and drawn. Lard? Lard de Souza. Oh. I Lard? actually, I actually Lard have a. Lard de Souza. I actually have a. Uh, um, um, I apologize, Lar. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he said Lard. Finally, somebody on this podcast apologizing. <laughs> I know. The Canadian of all. Yeah. Well, like, oh, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> It was my fault, but I'm sorry. It's like it's like Doctor Canada and Mister Florida over there, man. Doctor <laughs> Canada and Mister Florida. I can't wait for season one. Oh man! I have a uh, what's what's the uh, uh, Munchkin superhero game? Not the 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 generic one. It's capes and something or whatever. Uh, I don't remember. There's a, there's a, capes and cowls. Isn't it Super Munchkin? Might be Super Munchkin, yeah. There's a Super Munchkin card that's based on Lar Souza, who's a big, portly, bearded guy who dresses in a Sailor Moon costume at conventions sometimes. So it's Sailor Bacon. We're yeah. just going. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm just... 
We're back to Varda Souza. Thanks, Matt. Hammer this down for us, please. You know what? Matt's right. That that's from now on. That's what. Ha- where is this going? You have to yeah. just. That's how you respond <laughs> to Andy. This just, is where you, af, after the giant segue into yeah, the and then you in, leave into that the, into open the pause. ashes falling over Disneyland. And you leave, <laughs> you leave the giant pause, and it's like, where is this going? I don't know. That's the fun part of the ride. <laughs> I never know where this conversation is going to end oh when God. I start it. No, Todd. It, it's not snow. <laughs> Um, How do we get here again? <laughs> <laughs> um, what the hell else did I do? Come on, Steve was in town. Something geeky must I w- have happened. I wasn't here when Steve was here. I uh, saw Steve for the evening. And that's true. I tried to play uh, DC yeah. deck, but I almost played DC deck building with you bastards. But I got it all set up, and you guys didn't show up. Oh, the to your own house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You guys showed up, <laughs> and then it was funny because we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna have lunch with Lauren," and you're like, "Well, how long can that be?" And it's it's lunch with Lauren, dude. Mm. We actually <laughs> left uh, Sweet Tomatoes at five. Yeah. Wow. What time did you arrive? Noon. Noon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it had been years since sure. Steve, Lauren, and I had seen this each other. This, so. is, this is old school Star Trek The Experience. People. Yes, Lauren was uh, one part of the <laughs> opening crew. And uh, so we had a lot of catching up to do. So he's doing well. I mean, Good. he's got uh, all sorts of, he's teaching all sorts of classes. It's funny, we were actually laughing with him because <clears throat> he talked about this scam that apparently is going around. Where he got solicited by email, can you teach my kid, where, where my family's coming into town for a few weeks while we're there to give our child something to do, my teenage daughter something to do, can you uh, give some mind lessons, what are your rates and everything? And <clears throat> and so Lauren said there was this, Lauren uh, is a mime trained by Marcel Marceau. He actually went to Paris, France, auditioned, got in. Then proceeded to learn French. <laughs> Study mine. That's Lauren for you. Sure. I mean, he's like, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. It's mime. You don't have to speak French. Yeah. Fine point. So, <clears throat> so he... Uh, well, he, French mime is this. You oh, raise sure. your hands and surrender. <laughs> oh, it's like to every... Wow. To every. Wow. <laughs> and then That's, the ashes start falling. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Where did I go wrong? <laughs> wow. Where did I go wrong with my children? All right, that one wasn't me, folks. So so Lauren responds to this guy, sends him his rates. When are mm-hmm. you going to be in town? This person responds back. He says there's a back and forth. And then, but it's kind of weird. It's getting kind of bizarre. Did you just sneeze your eyeballs out? <laughs> Pretty much. Jesus. I thought he sneezed. I heard a lot of fluid. I, I thought he sneezed his hair straight. It's the next. <laughs> Man, um, he said that it's kind of weird because it's very vague, right? The the person never uses any names. Okay, doesn't actually state the age of their child, um, and is uh, getting ki- is gives a general idea of when they're coming to town, but no specific dates. Hmm. Then <clears throat> they said that they but they discussed rates. And he gets the message, I sent you a cashier's check. Aha. And then it's like, but uh, it looks like somebody messed up and they sent you too much. They sent more than we agreed on. So will you be able to, uh, instead of sending a new check and everything, can you refund us 
the oh. overage. Mm-hmm. And that's when Lauren was like, okay, this is weird. So he stopped communication, and he said he got a hold of the FBI, and the FBI confirmed that is a scam. Yep. <clears throat> that is a, a typical scam. David Beach, who's a sometimes listener to the show, the, the guy that plays uh, the the Jedi, the guy that looks like like Camel. We've talked about. Looks him. like Camel. Hamel looks like. Camel. Oh, Hamel! Yeah, I thought yeah, you yeah. said a Camel. Looks I'm like, like I really looks like a Camel. <laughs> the guy, that, the guy that does the videos of the the Jedi, the the swooping up, and is this my are you my Uber? That kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, that guy. He he's a juggler also, and he has gotten that scam in L.A. Wow. Yeah, it's apparently a, a common scam, and uh, because you know performers have so much spare money to spend. Yeah. <clears throat> I well, guess. But some performers are willing to part with their cash quickly if it means more cash in the closing. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it was funny because I said to Lauren, well, dude, congratulations. Sure. That means you've made it. Yes. Because that's a very specific scam. You know, it's not a generic Nigerian prince thing. Right. It's a specific, they were targeting you. They knew a little bit about you doing business and stuff. So you've made it, buddy. Yeah. <clears throat> and he laughed. And fortunately, he didn't get burned by it. So he could laugh Good. about it. Good. And it was really funny because for a while there, he said that he, the, one of the weirdest things about it is easy on the tap tap there. Uh, no. yeah, you're doing the tell to the heart over there. Unless you're sending a signal to Canada, like yeah. Morse code, attack Montana tomorrow. But um, so um, many goose will block up this guy. <laughs> no, no one's going to miss Montana. If we're cool with that. Uh. All of two people are going to be enraged at that. That's statement. right. <clears throat> and and look at the right, bright side. Right, make compens at uglycatcher.com. Look, look at the bright side. Montana will go blue. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get two more seats in the Senate. A. Hello, I'm your senator. A. <laughs> There's something we off about this guy. How about them baseball football game? A. <laughs> I can't quite place it. <laughs> quite the play on the first meter line, eh? So where does one get some Timbits around here? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you get that big play on the football on the uh, the, the third the third uh, period there, then. <laughs> <laughs> I like this guy. He's a straight shooter. I know. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't call it straight, but kind of kind of curvy. Little zigzaggy, but anyway, um, I knew that scam, so I was listening to it. Like, oh no, please tell me, please tell me, hidden father. Oh no, no, he didn't. He didn't. He said he was starting to get red flags, so eventually he was responding to keep the communication open to Mm -hmm. see where it would exactly go. And then when they did the whole money thing, that's when he stopped. So does he actually have the the money order? No. Oh, that's where I was going. Hello. Wow. Derail five minutes later. They kept emailing him, have you gotten the cashier's check yet? And he never, ever received the cashier's check. Of course not. And that mystified him because he's like, why would they keep asking me if I didn't receive it? If they didn't send it, then why? I mean, you know. Because they were hoping it was dumb enough to send the money back without getting the check, assuming right. the check was going to come. And he, but he said they never actually asked him to pay the overage. So maybe there were like steps yeah. to the scam, and he didn't respond. And he didn't. He didn't proceed to the next. I don't know. It was really, really bizarre. But it was. It was an interesting story. Ah. So, uh, but yeah, he uh, 
he dodged a bullet. So, but that was that was. I, I I'm not even sure why I told that story, but there you go. No, it's a good story. It is, and it's a good warning for our friends out there. In yeah, it is podcast land. Although you know, I mean, ah, uh, no, I don't want to judge. I was going to say if you if you're smart enough to start your own business and run your own business, you're not going to fall for that. But obviously, if that scam <clears throat> yeah. exists, somebody it, has. It, you know, clearly you just need one in a million. I'm still getting Nigerian scam letters every now and then, so somebody's still <laughs> somebody's still falling yeah, for it. I remember hearing one story of one guy. It was so funny. Well, no, it actually wasn't funny, but funny, strange, not funny. Haha, uh, guy in uh, Boston. <clears throat> um, he was a he was a Chinese immigrant, and the, the whole family had like immigrated. And a, a whole network, and he fell for the Nigerian prince thing, and he kept falling for it. They oh, just no. what he started doing was borrowing money from family members and stuff like that, and he went to, to the tune of six figures in debt, oh, paying God. that money out before he finally just realized he was fucked. And that makes all the emails worthwhile. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, really. There's your money. Wow, oh, man. <clears throat> Anything else, gentlemen? <laughs> No, I'm just trying to die over here. It's all I know. I'm listening to it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, the Geek Shock Book Club. Uh, we are reading John Scalzi's Old Man's War, and a discussion has opened up. So uh, if you're following along, join us when you are ready. Uh, you know, we've, we've got news to get to. We haven't hit news yeah. in a little while, and it's just been piling up. So we're going to skip it. So we're going to skip it. No, this time we're not going to skip it. Really? We're going to do news you don't give a shit about. <sighs> Yay. You're sick, man. Sorry. No, you're sick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Cause the he is. coughing. <clears throat> and the ashes jokes. Those two things. Yeah, That's that, the first knee slapper. <laughs> That's the first knee slapper. Really? For today. How <laughs> me of them donuts. Please. Those donuts are going fast. Thank you. Dude, us Canadians, that was like Timbit. Okay, we just down like 80. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's pure sustenance up there. Yes, right. It's the calories you need to get through the long winter. That's right. Yeah. Still packing on the blubber. Can <laughs> we go? You winter don't have coat. enough Timbits. You might, maybe, that might, might not make it till June. <clears throat> maybe. <laughs> Where are you going with this, Andy? I think I'm going to drink. I think I need a drink. <clears throat> And you tripped over your mic. You still tripped over your mic. You did. It's on the ground over there. Jesus Christ. It, you, right now, it's safe there. Yeah, audience, you heard it fall. <laughs> you heard the clunk. I'm dying. Wait, wait, wait. There's, there's. Oh, Andy, like that's an excuse. Yeah, I know. I felt it. He stepped on my court. I pointed right at it, and you still stepped on well, it. Well, you pointed at it. What did you expect oh, him to do? I don't pay attention to shit you do. <laughs> Up until recently, the cassette tape had become a piece of technological history on the brink of extinction. But last year, cassette album sales continued to show growth, and that's all thanks to Guardians of the Galaxy. No way. Billboard.com reports that last year, more than 174,000 cassettes were sold, and that's up from 2016, where 129,000 were sold. It's still a lot. Considering in 2009, 2010, and 2011, cassette album sales didn't even break 35,000. 
The top three cassette albums sold last year were the soundtracks for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy. 22% of all cassette album sales in 2017 were generated by three Guardians albums alone. Nice. Combined, they equaled 39,000 of all cassette album sales in 2017. And it's also worth noting that Sony's classic Walkman also saw huge spikes. They're still making the Walkman? Yes, they are. They're still making the Walkman? That boggles my mind. (laughs) Not only that, but sales went up. Wow. Dude, with all that digital uh, copyright stuff, the DRM and everything, I've had people who have legitimate ownership of music be erased from their their MP3 Mm -hmm. players and from their computers. And and so, you know, a, a media medium... Mm-hmm. Where you can actually create your mixtape and you can have your music recorded and it's it's a <clears throat> a hard copy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if something like that mm-hmm. wouldn't uh, make a comeback. I mean, it, a lot of computers. I've had a hard time even burning CDs of music that I legally own because my car is old enough that it has a CD player. It doesn't have an MP3 player. Mm-hmm. And and I can't even make CDs that play on my in my car anymore. Wow. How are Zune sales doing? Uh, not so hot. Okay. Because mine broke ages ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've moved on to my phone. Whatever. Wow. <sighs> Actually, when it comes to music, I now just pretty much listen to podcasts and audiobooks now. Yeah. It's, it's rare now that I listen to music all that much. When I want music, I hum. Yeah, and when I want music, I listen to Kirsten hum. So. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy at night when he like calls and he's like, I'm, I can't sleep. Well, he just leaves the door unlocked now, mm-hmm. so I just sit by his bed while he's sleeping. Yeah, yeah. He I was wondering what you're doing over there. He snores so musically. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I didn't even know about this until he said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I knew I, about I, it. I thought you knew about it. I, I wasn't going to interrupt Andy. it. Thanks, Andy. Well, I didn't want to interrupt a good thing. If if you knew I was there, it would probably affect your performance. That's right. It would affect my music choices. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> now it's just going to be tubular bells and, and yeah. twisted nerve. Yeah. It's, you know, I want music from the heart. I don't need a performance. <laughs> <laughs> Weekend Geek. Yes, yes, yes. Only yes. one, Andy. I do like good. That. I like it's, it that way. The sugar makes the medicine go down. Mary fucking Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Points to the Canadian. <laughs> Deadpool director Tim Miller is currently developing a Marvel movie that revolves around the X-Men character Kitty Pride. Oh, I'm in. Movie project has been and is currently in development at Fox. Uh, who knows if the Disney merger will affect that, but according to the report, the project hasn't been affected yet. Kitty Pride, who is also known as Shadowcat, Ariel, and Sprite, is a mutant who has the ability of phase, which allows her to pass through solid objects, disrupt electromagnetic fields, and even levitate. So that's all we ha- have, but that's out there. Tim Miller working the Kitty Pride angle. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. <clears throat> be especially I, interesting if they did the Kitty Pride Wolverine thing. Yeah. Yep. Well, I was gonna say if they make an R-rated Kitty Pride and what? Well, he he <laughs> did. Tim Miller Tim did Miller. Deadpool, so oh, he's, okay. Deadpool. he's got the cachet for Kitty R-rated. Kitty is not an R-rated character. Like phasing into like the locker room somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
There Oops, you go. Sorry. It could be. <laughs> That's right. It could get real saucy with you that. You got to open your mind, Andy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Free your mind and the X will follow. What we're saying is boobs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I want Matt in on all my pitch meetings. Yes. <laughs> You have the sentence. He has and the punctuation. You're doing, <laughs> doing Simpsons porn in my man, man. Kitty, Kitty Pride is pure, man. Don't mess with Kitty. She's cool. Oh, oh okay. Pure? Pure? Yeah. Uh-oh. Okay. Didn't Juggernaut no, no, call her a bitch? Well, who? Didn't Juggernaut call her a bitch? Uh, uh, oh, in the movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, yeah, I don't probably. think she's in the movie. I mean, yeah, she's she in the movie is. very briefly, but I don't think with Juggernaut. Yeah, she in is. part three? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's chasing her... He's breaking through all the uh, walls. And well, he's she's like, going oh, through. Yeah, that's right. Oh. That's and then right. she—that was actually a cool bit because she grabs a hold of the dude who cancels mutant powers, and that's how she fucks up Juggernaut shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah. Even though he's not a mutant, but that's another argument for another time. <laughs> oh but, hey. no! Yeah, they're not going to put the crystal something of Sirenog Crim- or whatever. Yeah, the, the I know. The gem of Sidorak. All right, yeah. you guys had it. He's a dude who wears power armor. Right, he's a, no. He's a Fallout not. Three character. It's a magical. <laughs> it, it's the the suit is powered by a magical gem. Not that, the no, suit. It's not he the is. Suit. He is. Okay. Suit has nothing to do with it. He only okay. made the helmet so to stop uh, oh, to Professor stop Xavier. Kind of right. like Magneto. Yeah. Yeah. You need that shit around Xavier. And yeah. then he had two helmets. Yeah. So he outsmarted them. Why do you think I got married with a crown to protect myself from Charles Xavier? How come you're not wearing it? Charles Xavier's in another country right now. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. I'm pretty safe, I right. think. I think. There's no promises. Sorry. I'm just saying that out loud yeah. to nobody. To nobody. In a far-ranging research survey that covers TV viewers' habits and preferences for 2017, the number crunchers at PricewaterhouseCoopers dig up a lot of interesting tidbits, but none more telling than this. For the first time since launching its streaming service in 2007, Netflix, on its own, now has as many subscribers as all U.S. cable television providers combined. Oops. The PwC reports finds that 73% of all U.S. households with annual incomes of more than $40,000 subscribe to Netflix. That's the same percentage that subscribe to cable. Those numbers appear to be heading in opposite directions, with the percentage of cable subscribers down from last year's 76%. Now, PwC didn't compare Netflix's subscription rate for 2017 with the previous year, but the company's subscription base has surged over the past year, both in the U.S. and overseas. Quote, exclusive content, including original content, is a key component of creating a successful streaming service, but that's not enough, the report cites, noting viewers' preferences for a variety of programming Mm. uh, over the importance that they place on exclusivity. Focus group respondents are unenthusiastic about original content produced by providers without an established reputation for it, PwC adds. But other takeaway may be that the Netflix brand itself is becoming a tentpole for viewers in its own right, and that's a claim no cable company could ever make. Fuck the cable companies. For every Netflix show that touts a Marvel logo or celebrity cast, there are other massive successes, like Stranger Things or Orange is the New Black, that no one saw coming ahead of time. Quote, viewers are most eager to watch and pay for a streaming service from a brand that already has an established presence with unique content, the report states. So the streaming wars continue as other people try to grasp pieces of the pie. Mm. 
I remember when cable started, it was like advertised as something you had for rural communities that couldn't get a uh, television signal. Yeah. Really? Is that yeah. Pennsylvania? Uh, yep. Pennsylvania. Because it was, was the opposite in my town. You could only get cable if you lived in town. No, that's a, when it started. It was it was it was touted as being the thing for people that couldn't get a signal. Yeah, in uh, in like the the mountains and hills of Pennsylvania, you had those communities uh. in the valleys where t- TV aerial signals just didn't get through. So the dude put a giant aerial on the tallest peak in the area, and then ran cable to all the houses, and then charged this for the service, and voila, and an industry was born. Yeah. And um, it's, I don't know, fuck cable. <laughs> you know, if those people would just go a la carte, but they're so wrapped up in their packaged systems that they can't even go there. Because I, you know. They, they could say themselves if they went a la carte. I'll pay more than no. what I'm paying for Netflix if they went a la carte and I can get the eight to ten channels I'm truly interested in as opposed to the hundreds that I don't care about, you know, and I can't even afford all the channels I want because that's just too exorbitant. Right. Let me reverse what you just said. They're going to save themselves by pulling all the licenses, which is happening. So, well, yeah, that's the thing that's I'm interested in do. is that's what's what going to happen do. when Netflix, when it has practically nothing but its own shit. You know, it'll be the Netflix channel. Because, you know, CBS will have its own shit and Paramount, you know, or, or Disney will have its own streaming service. So Netflix will only have its own stuff to do. I think it'll be fine because, yes, you might lose some of the bigger ones, but I think some of the smaller ones uh, that don't have that muscle or cachet uh, will go to other ones like Hulu, Netflix, whoever gives them the best deal, because that's kind of what's happening now. I like those streaming services that have all the shows that nobody wants you know all the stuff that would sit on the back rack of blockbuster that nobody uh sure holy, holy oh. shit they, they they made a they made a third sequel to this movie nobody cared about the first one of they, there's like street the streaming services have nothing but that shit and i was at the uh, uh truck stop in asperia there's a whole rack of the cheap videos yes and it's like oh look well, there, there's a uh, Lethal Weapon three. There's uh, yeah, it was it was all testosterone loaded, but it was all stuff that was not the the big movie. It was the third or fourth sequel to it, and yeah, yeah, <clears throat> Taco Bell they fucked you in the drive thru. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, what? Okay. <laughs> what? Well, I, I I thought it was Subway. Subway. Yeah, that was the funny thing <clears throat> about the they fuck you in the drive thru. Mm-hmm. Because it was Subway, and it was like a product endorsement paid for in the movie thing. And Joe Pesci's character is upset because they fucked up his sandwich order. And he's like, they fuck you in the drive-thru. They fuck you. And he's just going off on it. And it was funny because a friend of mine had bought a Subway franchise after college. And I remember us watching the movie and him looking at me, and he's like, I can't believe they approved that, <laughs> but um, it was it was a Subway product endorsement, and then they did that whole "fuck you in the drive-through" bit. Wow, I was I always thought it was Taco Bell to this day. Wow, no, no, Taco Bell was Demolition Man. Right, oh, of course. everything's Taco Bell now. In the future, everything is Taco Bell. Ah, uh, goddamn nineties, it's all a blur. No, I bet Todd doesn't know about the three shells. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, what about the three shells? Exactly. Yeah, goddamn it. 
doesn't know how to use them. Wait, 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 wait. Code one. Todd Bristol, you've been uh, fined for goddammit. <laughs> of this show, trust me, it's the least you get fined for. <laughs> Talk about movies that didn't make it big in the theaters that were prescient. I mean, that thing is a wonderful, wonderful parody. Demolition Man. Oh, okay. It was yeah, like, yeah. Where are we at now? Okay. Demolition Man. I barely remember it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it did okay in the theaters. Yeah, it, it, it did. Because yeah. yeah. Wesley Snipes was a big, big name then. Right. Yeah, not that other guy. Right. Sandra, whatever her name was. Right. Sandra Johnson. <laughs> yeah. It was a much better movie than it deserved to be. It was a very, it was, it was real good sci-fi. It was real good speculative fiction. Just like Judge Dredd starring Sylvester Stallone. <sighs> what? You hurt me. <clears throat> I knew you were going to say that. That movie did well, too, if I remember right. It did. <laughs> that boggles my mind, because it was not good. Nobody in America knew who Judge Dredd was. Right, that's at all. part of the problem, yeah. And they still didn't when the movie was over. No. I am the law. This, the Carl Urban one is so much better. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, some uh, folks that have passed in the last week. Actress Heather North, who voiced Daphne Blake for the animated Scooby-Doo franchise for more than... 30 years, passed away at the age of 71. No! Yeah. Uh, North's acting career took a turn into pop culture immortality when she replaced Stefiana Christofferson as the voice of Daphne on the second season premiere of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, in September 1970. North continued voicing the character in the new Scooby-Doo movies from 72 to 73 and many other versions of the cartoon property in the years to follow, including TV series and direct-to-video movies. North voiced Daphne for the last time in 2003's Scooby-Doo and the Monster of Mexico. Her other TV credits included Gidget, The Fugitive, The Monkees, My Three Sons, Adam-12, and more. Also, a Star Wars passing happened, uh, I believe, last week. Alfie Curtis, who played the hair-triggered Dr. Cornelius Evazan in oh. Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, he was 87 years old. British actor whose credits include David Lynch's The Elephant Man and the TV miniseries Lost Empires. Curtis's Dr. Cornelius is the one that's itching for a fight with Skywalker in the iconic Mos Eisley scene, starting with, he doesn't like you, escalating to, I don't like you either. And once Luke pledges to be careful, menacing him with, you'll be dead. This little one's not worth the trouble. I want it in 12 systems. And it's also one of the most quoted guys in Star Wars fandom. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, Mark Hamill took to Twitter to acknowledge Curtis's passing to celebrate his decidedly more civil disposition as a colleague, saying the actor, quote, made the Star Wars most Eisley Cantina scene one of the most memorable I've ever been a part of, even more memorable. And that in real life, Curtis was a funny, kind, and a real gentleman. So they mourn the passing of two, frankly, icons in geekdom. Well, you just sent me down. celebrated. <clears throat> You just sent me down a rabbit hole. Velma Dinkley was voiced by a zillion different people, mm -hmm. including Kate Micucci. Oh. From um, um, Garfunkel Notes. Really? Yeah. I assume that's recent, not in the 70s. Uh, yeah, 2015. Yeah, two different ones from 2015. Well, jinkies. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I went somewhere totally... You said Garfunkel and Oats? Yeah. I was like thinking like a... Like a it's Garfunkel and... Uh, <laughs> Hall and Oates. I think that's uh, <laughs> that, the that's, whole idea. That's yeah, the that's joke <laughs> of the name. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's the two second bananas. Yes. Okay. Yes. Hall I get so it much, now. Because Hall is you, so much bigger than Oates. 
Hall & Oates was the first band I was ever really into. Still to this day, one of my top five favorite bands of all time. Yeah, it's up there too. Yeah. I love Hall & Oates. M-E-T-H-O-D-O-F-L-O-V-E. What's amazing about Hall & Oates is that every album, Oates gets one or two songs. That's yeah. his. He's He contributes a lot of songwriting to mm-hmm. it, but he gets one or two songs that are never really released as singles. Wow. And they're not bad songs in almost every case. They're actually usually really poppy and catchy, wow. but they just never were released for well, single not, air, radio airplay. What, what is the best Oats song? Uh, let's see. Uh, there's Mano O Mano from uh, uh, Private Ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, H2O. God, what was that name of that one? Yeah, I, I don't have the information in front of me. All right. And there's Mersey Dotes and Dozy Dotes. Little MC Divey? Yeah. I'm going wow, we totally I, derailed no, Todd. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like deep in my brain trying to... Uh, <laughs> deep in the brain of I, Todd. I, I expected you to come back how, with a Kid Weed Ivy too, wouldn't how, you? How does it feel to be back from the Voices album? That's also an Oats number. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, deep dive on the Oats. Wow. They really, they really hate each other, don't they? No. No, <laughs> no they don't. Are you sh- really? I'm pretty sure they don't. I I remember hearing that they eventually reached the point, or is that just a? You're talking about? I think it's Wham. You're thinking of? Mm, no, no. <laughs> I'm thinking. I, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah, they're they're reached different a, floors yes. of the hotel. Literally, it's wow. like so they don't pass each. That was the the rumor. Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel have had their that breaks, but they, but they wouldn't back and forth. They they they're yeah. I think they're pretty friendly now, but I think that's where it is here <clears> too. I remember once I, I when I was working at Hard Rock, and Oates was in in the building with his wife and daughter. They were mm-hmm. playing next door, and so I intercepted the food to go out to them so I could deliver to the Oates. Did you? Yes. So I, I had to. It was nice, cordial, and exactly what you want in a. Did you say celebrity. no oats for the oats? I'm These not are an the asshole. oats, folks. Not an asshole. Yeah. I thought you might be down this hall, if you know what I mean. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, be like how does it feel to be back is one of my favorite songs by mm-hmm. he was like I didn't write it oh shit <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you, you both get credit but but like one of you writes it totally by so that one by Hall I love yeah fuck <laughs> off kid <laughs> I didn't like what you contributed no I thought that could have been better all the time right bridge over troubled water is my favorite <laughs> <laughs> Animaniacs is officially returning. Yes. The revival will take place on Hulu. And it will remain zany to the max. Where it's received a two-season straight two-series order. Hulu announced that they'll partner with Amblin Television and Warner Brothers Animation to revive the Peabody Award and Daytime Emmy Award-winning series, which was originally shown on the WB Network 20 years ago. Steven Spielberg will return as executive producer. In addition to Animaniacs, Hulu has landed the rights to Pinky and the Brain, uh, Pinky Elmira and the Brain, and the entirety of Tiny Toons Adventures. All these shows can be streamed right now, and the revival will join them in 2020, with Hulu calling it, quote, its first original series made specifically for families, unquote. I'm going to predict there will be no new episodes of the Hip Hip Hippos. You think? Yeah, those are terrible. God, I hated those. They might take the chance. Oof. No, no promises. I you don't know, know the hippos. I don't know the hippos. The hippos, hippos were just the uh, uh, nouveau rich hippos. <laughs> it was part of the, it was part of the Animaniacs. Uh, I'm sorry, lineup. I'm laughing at Kay's reaction. 
<laughs> to that whole situation. Anyways, go on. No. <laughs> And everyone, everyone, Where's this going, everyone remembers the Animaniacs. Everybody remembers right. uh, Pinky and the Brain. Pinky and the Brain. But there were a whole bunch Elmira. of different characters in there. In the Animaniacs, there was they were in there were different segments. There was the Animaniacs. There was a uh, Hippopos. There was uh, Mindy and Buttons, which was uh, a little girl who was wandering off in the trouble while the dog tried to keep her out of trouble. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. One. Um, Slappy Squirrel was amazing, and I, I really loved it. It makes some new Slappy Squirrel ones. What was wrong with the hip hip pose? They just weren't funny. Oh, they weren't funny at all. They're hip, painfully hip. not funny. Well, that's not hip at all. Hi- hippos aren't funny. No, I guess <clears throat> they were. They were nouveau riche yuppie hippos. They're not hungry. No. Well, they were hungry all the time. Yes, but not in a way that was amusing. So, <laughs> so they were not Peter Potamus funny. No. Ah. No. And that's not all with Hulu. Hulu revealed their plans to create a horror anthology series in conjunction with Bloomhouse Television. Besides the parties involved, what makes the anthology so unique is that instead of releasing episodes all at once in the binging fashion or weekly in the tried and true network fashion, the streamer opting to release one episode a month. <laughs> what? <laughs> While each month's show will stand alone, as the anthology format demands, all 12 episodes of the still-yet-to-be-named series will have a narrative tie-in that connects the stories. The Deal, the first major original programming coup for new Hulu chief content officer Jeff Stillerman, is expected to entice more horror fans to the streaming service. An interesting thought of one episode per month. I can see, I mean, it's Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse is the ones behind Insidious, behind Annabelle. Yeah, they're they're kind of they're the new horror hotness. If you consider the five, last six eight years new, you know it's not an anthology, but I could see that working if you did the um, Stephen King's Cycle of the Werewolf with an episode every month. Yep, yeah, because that kind of follows and, in how and, the story is told. Each chapter, yeah, yeah. But some of those chapters are kind of small. I don't know if you could. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd you'd have have to bang punch them whole, up. Yeah, yeah. You don't know you could bang a whole episode on one of those months. Mm. Some months are more fun than others. Mm-hmm. That's what she so, said. So this is uh, assuming an hour an episode. So Black Mirror with one episode every. Is that to get people um, stop binging it all and then canceling the subscription? Like I, they'll they'll do like a month and just watch what the show they wanted and just uh, cancel it. I think that's part of it to find something to hook somebody in to stay yeah. on board to watch the next ones. Hmm. Because I believe the Star Trek uh, mid-season premieres this week for Star Trek Discovery, so CBS is well, you continuing thank Jeff for that. that. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, I also I found out that uh, if not already soon, uh, you'll be able to subscribe to CB all, CBS all, all access through Amazon through their channels. Oh, so that makes it a lot easier to just get a hold of to go on or yeah, off as you will. Wow. So it's going to be nine ninety nine a month. It's going to be the commercial list version. So it's the same price as CBS All Access if you get it directly. Uh, I think the commercial list version, you just have to watch uh, promotions for CBS shows occasionally instead of actual full commercial breaks. Okay. Have you watched any of the Black Mirror stuff yet, Okay. I have not. That's, that's on the list. Mm. But <clears throat> Let me know when you watch it because I... Tend to watch it by myself in the weird hours of night when I can't sleep. 
That's what I've thought about, and I'm like, nope, not going to watch a horror anthology in the middle of the night by myself. <laughs> you know what? Black Mirror isn't so much horror as it is just dark science fiction. Yeah. It's... Mm. It's less scary than the Twilight Zone. Oh, okay. So I, I think you'll be safe at night. All right. Yeah, it's just... It gives you... The, the stories are heavy and gives you a lot to think about. Yeah. But they're not horror, per se. Because I was in the height of my sickness. I was watching crap like iBoy. And uh, the fuck else did I watch in the middle of the night that was weird? What's iBoy? It's a British sci-fi. It's not bad, actually. Oh, but the this. premise is ridiculous. Is that the, where the kid gets shot while he's on the phone? Yes. And like now he can like control control electronic devices gotta, and shit because he's got a little what? Bits. Yes. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> the premise is is the, the bonkers. Yes. The premise Bongs. is incredibly <laughs> stupid, but the show is actually well guy. written okay. except for the premise. So there's you know I'm not. I watched some parkour movie in the middle of the night. I watched some a parkour a, movie? a movie with a park with parkour thieves. I thought he said hardcore. <laughs> Well, that's happening. No, those channels are blocked on your TV for some reason. What the fuck? <laughs> Duncan asked me to do that. Damn him. <laughs> Wolverine. <laughs> Actually, oh, shit. Well, go ahead. <coughs> the hell was I watching? I was watching Punisher, and it was when the, there was like a hot and heavy sex scene, and okay. Duncan walks down without having any of what I'm watching. <laughs> it's in the middle of a hot and heavy sex scene. He's like, should I leave you alone? <laughs> You're like, no, I'm almost done. Hold on. <laughs> Don't turn on the light when you go in the kitchen. I swear to you, I've been watching people get killed for the last half hour. <laughs> Up until that point, it's been perfectly safe violence. I swear I've been watching nothing but murder. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> no, no, this is murdery. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> Wolverine was created in the mid 1970s by Roy Thomas Len Wein and John Romita Sr. after Logan's prominent place with the X-Men in the comics animated TV show video games and films where Hugh Jackman made a cinematic icon Canadian residents I'm looking at you Matt what? I'm a failed Canadian okay. that's what I'm doing here <laughs> we already went over this Top Gun Captain Bombs, America. Captain America. Bombs? What'd you say? Bombs. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the American way. Oh, all right. You know, like Heaven's Gate. Oh, <laughs> Ishtar. Yes. Canadian residents are now pushing for a superhero statue of the icon. Wow. wow. So oh. fuck Guardian. Alberta denizens want to erect a monument to the mutant in the urban service area of Fort McMurray, where real-world real world Wolverines, well, that's fun, glad we wrote that out, <laughs> make their homes. I think there is actually a Fort McMurray-Logan connection, too, if I remember correctly, backstory-wise. Probably. The yeah. idea began in Edmonton when the city was considering a new arena for its hockey team. Imagine that. The National Hockey League Oilers. During this time, Brian LaBelle suggested they build a Wolverine statue to revitalize the downtown area. His friend Samir Singh loved the idea and started an Indiegogo page to raise money for the statue. So far, the campaign's raised a little over $2,900 of its $85,000 goal. Oh. It's got a little ways to go. Quote, we are very excited at the prospect of a Wolverine statue in Alberta, especially because he was born here. 
After the Fort McMurray Beast fire in 2016, the idea of having a symbol of regeneration in our city is inspiring, to say the least. Hey-o! Said Ashley Lawrenson, manager of Nerd- Nerdvana Collectible Comics and Hobby in Fort McMurray. Hmm. Even Canadian officials are... You're making your microphone fart. <laughs> there you are. It is! It's funny! <laughs> you're just sitting you know, there we about- and you're just... <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Okay. We talked well, about putting headphones, headphones on you. Yeah. yeah. We okay. talked about that before the show, nope, but you nope, refuse them nope, every yes, time. That's apparently. right. And we have spare headphones. No, it's fine. Jeff's not here. Yeah, I, I realize that. Yeah. <laughs> you notice? Yeah, there's not monotone drone. <laughs> what? Drone. What are you talking about? Anyways, go on. Torgo, go on. <laughs> I, I'm going to try. I'm going to read this in Jeff style. Then, okay. Oh, oh God, God damn it. Even, Matt, you are now fined $10 to language. <laughs> Even Canadian officials are, you know, weighing in. <laughs> it's not surprising, you know, that Wolverine's hometown is, you know, Fort McMurray. Much too fast. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't slow down, can you? I yeah. <laughs> I can't go to that level. You have to think about what you're saying as you're saying it. And they're both tough as nails. I, I can't do it. I'm, I'm going back. There. The people of Wood Buffalo region... Wood Buffalo? That's the region, apparently. Of Wood, the Wood Buffalo. Buffalo region have inspired us with the same indomitable spirit and almost superhuman ability to recover from adversity that they share with their alter ego. Uh, Ricardo Miranda, Alberta tourism minister, told Yahoo. The idea of superhero statues erected in the hero's hometown is not a new idea. In honor of the character's 75th anniversary, a 13-foot bronze statue of Captain America came to Prospect Park in Brooklyn. I saw that statue. It's pretty cool. Yeah? I saw it in Comic-Con before they put installed it. Oh, okay. Yeah, the birthplace of Steve Rogers. In addition, the Detroit News reported back in September that a Robocop effigy will arrive in the city sometime next spring. Well, if the Captain America statue is 13 feet tall, they only have to make the Wolverine statue about, what, four? Yeah, that's about four equal to. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's about the size of most Canadians. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, sorry. Meters. All right. I think I think they do uh, stone or is it? Is oh, it's yeah, right. stone. They How hands. tall are you? Stone. <laughs> I'm stone tall. Three stone tall. <laughs> three stones. I'm three, three stone. I'm three stone four rock. <laughs> I, I dropped two rocks last week with a diet. What? <laughs> We're very proud of our two-year-old. He's four pebbles. <laughs> I gained a river rock. <laughs> Little Bam Bam finds out. Oh, boy. <laughs> that, that'll be high school. The night of the prom. Except mm. in Toronto, they're polished stone. Oh. Mm. Sci-Fi officially announced its plans to pick up the Night Flyers series, starring Gretchen Maul from Boardwalk Empire as Dr. Agatha Matheson. Universal Cable Productions and Netflix will co-produce the series in Ireland with the streaming giant nabbing first-run rights outside of the U.S. Outside of the U.S. See, that's also how Netflix is going to stay on top of it. They're going to get involved in production of these TV shows mm. so that they get the rights to show it when it's all done. Hey, Netflix, we need our Artemis Fowl series. It's ripe. Go for it. You know, it's Andy, when he knows ripe. Yep. It's starting to smell. <laughs> Once you're green, you're growing. When you're ripe, you start to rot. Everyone knows this. There you go. It's a founder's quote. Right. Night Flyers follows eight maverick scientists and a powerful telepath who embark on an expedition to the edge of our solar system aboard the Night Flyer, a ship with a small, tight-knit crew and a reclusive captain in hopes of making contact with alien life. 
But when terrifying and violent events began to, begin to take place, they start to question each other, and surviving the journey proves harder than anyone thought. Jeff Bueller, who wrote Jacob's Ladder, has adapted George R.R. R. Martin's 30,000-word novella for the series. So, yes, this is a George R.R. R. Martin joint. People will die. Nice. George comes to Netflix. The upcoming shared cinematic universe based on old Hasbro toys has taken a step forward with Paramount confirming three new release dates. Two of them relate to that new series, while the third one is unconnected. A new film based on the G.I. Joe line of toys has been announced for March 27th, 2020. We've seen two films based on the classic army toys in the past few years with G.I. Joe The Rise of Cobra in 2009 and G.I. Joe Retaliation in 2013. So far, this new film only bears the name G.I. Joe, and it's unknown whether the film will continue the events of the previous films or reboot the whole thing completely. I'm going to guess on the third one. The first two didn't seem like something worth continuing. Just throwing it out there. It will be directed by DJ Caruso, the man behind Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. The second film is based on another Hasbro toy line, Micronauts. Oh, yeah. The tiny protagonist from an alternate and very small dimension will open October 16th, 2020. Sorry, what? October 16th, 2020. 2020, okay. Yes, just like the TV show. Gotcha. While the original plan for these properties was to tie them into Paramount's successful Transformers line of films, there's no further details as to whether this is not the, is or is not the case. Okay, so they're probably not using the Bill Mantlo storyline from the comics. Uh-huh. Previously okay. announced properties that could join the line, Mask, Rom, and Visionaries have yet to gain any further momentum. The third wow, Visionaries. F- All right, the third film from Paramount is Dungeons & Dragons. The film will, ri- will arrive J- July 23rd, 2021. <laughs> And will not be a continuation of the 2000 film. As of now, director Rob Letterman is still attached. Uh, he did Jack Black's Gulliver Travels film. As well as Baby Driver star Ansel Elgort. Hmm. So. I did not see the 2020 film. And I didn't it see... A, the, it had a Wayne's brother in it, so you didn't miss anything. Right. You didn't and see I the 2020 film? Whatever. Because well, it hasn't been yeah, made yeah, yet. It's, it's a 2000 film, whatever. Oh, okay. But I didn't, I didn't, but I didn't see the TV series either. Was it based on a cartoon or not? No. No. Okay. It was own be its own beast. I, I remember seeing that in the theaters. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> you got suckered into the theater. I did. And <laughs> I tried to like it so hard. I yeah, really we did. did. But there's just so much. You just can't get you can, Jeremy Irons just chewing the hell out of the scenery. Enjoying his part, obviously, but yanking you right out. And what was the name of the, the lead female? The the girl <laughs> I can't remember her name. There's Thora Birch. Yes, Thora Birch. She just couldn't carry that film as its lead. Mm. Well, yeah, she well, she was less the lead than uh, the dude who played the thief. Oh, that's right. He could carry it even less. My my problem with with the movie was that it really wasn't very Dungeons and no. Dragons. Um, the thief is like the the major fighting dude, mm-hmm. and they they start centering it around him. When D and D really is about an ensemble and a group working together, and that's how you got to run it. But they try to make it about the heroic thief. You have the scene where he has to go get the special uh, MacGuffin of power, and it's in a cave full of treasure, and it has a protective shield that only he can walk through. Yeah, 
and it's sort of like, okay, I want to see any group at any table not kill the DM when he creates a treasure hoard that only the thief can enter. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just it was just stuff like that. It, sure. it really, uh, you know, their mage. They ran into like power curve. They had the mage be a chick who, in the beginning, casts lightning bolt and does sure. stuff like that, and then very quickly becomes a useless romantic foil for the thief dude. Um, it, I, I think the only thing I liked from that movie was watching the guy that played Riff Raff yes. in, a, in a role. Richard and O'Brien. that was the best D&D part of the movie. Yeah. Riff Raff is a thieves guild dude. They need something Richard for O'Brien, him. what, what did yes. he play? The head of the Thieves Guild. I'm, head of the Thieves I'm, I'm Guild. Saying, okay. Third base. Yeah, this is where it's going, Andy. Oh. Okay. Where? He plays this Thieves Guild master who has some sub-MacGuffin to get them to the MacGuffin. It's like a ruby or something. Yeah. And, and he's, sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah. you got to go th- Did you get suckered into the theater too? No, I watched it on like VHS. Oh, all right. You Wait, get suckered into getting oh, yeah. the VHS. <laughs> do, do they always yeah. agree on the sub-MacGuffin? Um, well... Uh, they didn't go through like a trap maze. A maze, and he's like, yeah, and it was everybody is like on an upper level looking down into the maze, and the thief dude has to do his thiefiness to go through the maze to pick up the ruby, and that was actually <laughs> that was actually probably the most D and D part of the movie. At one point, they're trying to sneak into some place, and oh look, they got a beholder guarding it, and you see the back of a beholder as it goes around the corner. And that's it that's for it. the beholder. <laughs> so it was sort of seriously because it's a pretty good beholder in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Well, it it was funny because I mean budget. It definitely was it was budget. actually I I think it might have been an early uh, CGI. Yeah, definitely. And um, but they obviously had money for a second and a half of beholder because um, <laughs> they needed to spend it all on the dragons at the end of the movie. Yeah, if I remember right, if on the DVD there was this whole deleted scene that was all in uh, uh, storyboards that they just didn't have the money for of some wraith sure. scene or something like that. Right. And they went deeply to talk about that they blew all their effects budget. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing left to do. Yeah, no, it uh, and which makes you know which makes sense. I mean, I, how you're going to do D and D cheap is beyond me. Although it's really funny because I remember watching the second one and actually being a little more impressed. The second one to me was more D and D ish. Really, still wasn't a great movie. See, I didn't give it a shot for the first one. Yeah, it, it's actually. I didn't realize there was a second one. Yeah, that one. I don't think. Oh, that's with um, Jason Statham, right? Yeah. Uh, n- oh, that's an Uwe, Uwe no, Boll no, no. film. No, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking that's about. That's based though? on a whole different video that's game different. series. Yeah, I no. think? Oh, I'm thinking of um, that PC game series. Yes. Yeah. No. No. Not that. The, the D- I think it was straight to cable or straight to video. Uh, the yeah. second one, and it actually was a little bit. It actually was more D and D ish, and it actually did kind of some some cool rules as written stuff. So it 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 adhered a little closer to D and D. So, but you know, you just you need to capture. The spirit of D and D, which is a group of people coming together and doing something, it's not it's not a bunch of foils around a central hero who's who's getting the job done. And that's uh, they weren't doing that in two thousand. They weren't doing ensemble stuff. In yeah, 2000. no, 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 no. Yeah. It was yeah. If you start your D and D movie 
with people answering a one ad at a pub, you're on your on your way. Yeah, you're on your way. <laughs> yeah. Or people hooking up during a bar fight at a pub. Yes. Yeah. Either way, as long as it starts in a pub. Yeah. Yep. You're, you're good to go. Yeah. Nuttery Entertainment and Meow Wolf. <gasps> right. Yeah. I knew I'd catch you on this one. Are reimagining Galaga as the animated series? <laughs> no, you lost him. You lost him. Now, we've known about Galaga the animated series for yeah, a yeah. while now. And fully immersive experience. Wow. Which is what Where? Meow, which is what Meow Wolf excels in. Where? Uh, we talked about this before, but a new twist has gotten me excited. Galaga was first released 81 by Namco in Japan, midway to North America, and Bandai Namco has continued to bring the game to different platforms pretty much ever since. Now they're looking at bringing it to the animated space and beyond with Galaga Chronicles Revolution Age. Quote, The Nuttery has been working with Bandai Namco Entertainment Incorporated to expand the Galaga brand into the narrative what space. What the hell is the Nuttery? That's the company that has bought the rights. Oh, to- they bought the rights. Out. Okay. Yeah. Galaga Chronicles will be an epic sci-fi story that will span generations and reach far and wide into the galaxy. Blah, blah, blah. That's Nuttery Entertainment talking about it. Snore. According to Deadline, the ambitious project, quote, will bridge the animated content from the series with physical exhibitions, merchandise, live media, and a new annual gaming competition series, Score Wars. All these are expected to launch to coincide with the Galaga World Championship, which will take place March 29th, 2018 in Santa Fe, New Mexico, where I believe Meow Wolf is stationed. Mm Mm-hmm. The show itself, an anime-inspired series, the first was first announced at San Diego Comic-Con this year. But this is the first we've heard of Meow Wolf's involvement. Meow Wolf. It's the Santa Fe Arts and Entertainment Collective. And they create immersive, interactive, interactive experiences to transport audiences of all ages into fantastic realms of story and exploration. Unquote. And they do so on a major scale, including a murder mystery art installation, House of Eternal Return, that's the group's first permanent work in Santa Fe, New Mexico, which launched in a 20,000-square-foot exhibition space in 2016 with support from George R.R. R. Martin. This is uh, quoting from their website. House of Eternal Return is a unique art experience featuring an astonishing new art form of nonlinear storytelling <laughs> that unfolds through exploration, discovery, and 21st century interactivity. The house is a 20,000-square-foot art exhibit designed by the Meow Wolf Collective. There are dozens of rooms, secret passages, and interactive light and musical objects with which guests can play for hours or investigate the mystery of the Selig family, who disappeared one night after conducting a forbidden experiment inside their Victorian mansion. Who were the Seligs? Where did they go? And why is their home overrun by figures in white lab coats? Unquote. So want to go to that. And seeing this Meow Wolf exhibition, I want so bad to go to Santa Fe, New Mexico to experience it. It's all these artists together created this, what first starts out as just like Victorian home, and then you go through the portal, and then it's just this whole Alice in Wonderland. You're in a whole different world, and it's just artists expressing themselves and creating this world and this story that's there if you want to find it. Yeah. So you can find the answer. The mystery is all within there, 
but it's not like one of this go from here to here, find the clue here to go to here. Yeah. It's something that just suggests itself over everything that you see. Celestia has been to it. Okay. Squaring the Strange is based out of Albuquerque. So they were visiting Albuquerque to work on the podcast and they made the drive up to Santa Fe to see it. I so want to see this. Yeah. I, will, I will go to Santa Fe just to see this. Yeah. So And now they're working on well, some kind of Galaga. I, I couldn't get, we couldn't get Anaheim. It's not going to happen anytime okay, soon. Okay, all right. I got so much shit going on mm-hmm. in my life right now. I can't go anywhere. All right. So this is the first time I've been excited about anything with this whole Galaga announcement. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care less until Meow Wolf got involved. So it, And I highly recommend checking out any of the stuff from the and Thank you the for saying the phrase trailer. correctly. What? Couldn't care less. <laughs> How does it usually get said? People screwed up and say, I could care less. It's like, yes, well, of course you could. I could always care, care less. less. Yeah, <laughs> trust me, I do. I haven't do. Netflix has picked up a Riverdale spinoff series, Sabrina, a supernatural drama that originally had been planned for the CW. Netflix has struck a deal for two seasons of the live-action series, with each season clocking in at 10 episodes apiece. Sabrina, a big piece of the same Archie Comics lore-verse where Riverdale resides, was kept out of the CW series ahead of the network's September announcement that Sabrina was getting its own show. Moving the project to the streaming service allows Warner Brothers to maintain full control of the show instead of sharing it with CBS. Hmm. Quote, Warner Brothers is looking for any way that it can to own 100% of their shows, and that drives a lot of the decision-making here, quote, a top agent told The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Warner Brothers Television will be adapting the graphic novel Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Oh, no, really? Yes. A darker look at the character as a teenager during the 1960s, which began its comic run in 2014. Since Sabrina is owned by Archie Comics, the series is considered a spin-off or offshoot of the CW's hit show Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Young Witch used to appear in the old Archie comic books all the time back in the day, especially in the little Archie titles. Netflix already has a two-season commitment at 10 episodes apiece. It will be produced by the new Flash showrunner, Greg Berlanti. The, the great, oh. great Berlanti is, okay. is everywhere. It, she had a TV series for a while that was not awful. It was is that the I Sabrina the Teenage Witch, that one? Yeah. I mean, it was. I didn't watch it, but um, what little bit I saw of it was fine. Yeah, yeah, I was still filming when I was working at Paramount, so I'd yeah. pass, pass the stage quite about every day. The uh, life with the, the afterlife with Archie version of Sabrina is really dark. I've read that first Sabrina comic, and yeah. and I, frankly, afterlife with Archie itself is dark, too. Yeah, well, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So how... Tr- Starts off with zombie jughead. So yes, yeah. yeah. In fact, zombie jughead's almost an icon now. With, right. With that, it's impressive. Yeah, but um, I I guess they probably the guy that uh, the the hardcore Christian guy that was doing Christian Archie comics probably didn't mess around with Sabrina. Is my guess. I don't think there were any Sabrina hardcore Christian comics. That seems right. Yeah, that seems right. All right, I think you're gonna like this next one. All right, Daphne Blake. Yes, and Velma Dinkley. My favorite. Are getting their own feature-length live-action film. Fuck yeah. Daphne and Velma. With Linda Cardellini? I doubt it. Damn it. Uh, Scooby-Doo back, began back in the late 60s as Hanna-Barbera Saturday morning cartoon. From there, a follow-up and spin-off animated series, comics, TV specials, made-for-TV movies, blah, blah, blah. Kiss, join-overs, and Batman. Now we're getting a whole new take on the franchise. 
WB's Digital Studio Blue Ribbon Contest is teaming up with Blonde Girl Productions, described via the press release focused, quote, on telling stories for millennial women by millennial women, to update the property for more modern times. Sarah Jeffrey from Shades of Blue and Sarah Gilman from Last Man Standing will take on the roles of Daphne and Velma, respectively. Here's the official synopsis. Give me those names again. That is uh, Sarah Jeffries and Sarah Gilman. Huh. Okay. Which I am not familiar <laughs> with either. I don't either. I don't Neither either. is Andy. Yeah. That's obscure even for Andy. Wow. That's hard to do. Yeah, I know. It's really hard. Synopsis. Before their eventual team up with Scooby and the gang, bright and optimistic Daphne and whip-smart and analytical Velma are both mystery-solving teens who are best friends but have only met online until now. Daphne has just transferred to Velma's school, Ridge Valley High, an incredibly tech-savvy institute with all the latest gadgets provided by the school's benefactor, tech billionaire Tobias Bloom. And while the competition is fierce amongst the students for a coveted internship at Bloom Innovative, Daphne and Velma dig beyond all the gadgets and tech to investigate what's causing some of the brightest students to disappear, only to emerge again in zombified state. Unquote. Daphne and Velma, currently shooting in Atlanta, will be released by Warner Brothers Home Entertainment in 2018. I'm in, man. Velma's my kryptonite. What, what is this about Archie and zombies? No, with the whole... that This is also having the zombified got, kids. Yeah. yeah. This has nothing to do with Archie. Yeah, it doesn't really. But Oh. But keep rolling with that. All right. It's the Josie and the Pussycats, oh, though. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll do it. They'll, They're very Archie-looking. They are. That's they are. right. I'm gonna go. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats are Archie connected. I'm, I'm going. There you go. I'm, See, I'm going on a limb to say Tobias Bloom is the bad guy. Yeah, I would Just think so. The only other named character in this whole thing. Josie and Pussycats and Archie exist in the same universe. Sure, <sighs> I give up. Even though the Archies himself had a band, I mean, talk about the, competition. I think they in toured, house. right? Yeah. Oh, honey, honey. Yeah. What is it about these old cartoons and zombies? That's there, I feel better. There now. you go. <laughs> Get more. There you go. Kirsten, you are my candy girl. Oh, wait. I and it's it. got me wanting you. Sugar. Uh, 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 uh. What's your sugar? Uh, honey, Write honey. to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Fact Jack Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek, honey. I met the guy that sang Sugar Sugar. Sugar. and Fact Check Andy podcast. I'm I'm sorry because I really don't like that song. Yeah, well, I met him. (laughs) He was he was just a producer. He was like some some. He was basically some singing version of the Wrecking Crew. Some guy that came in, sang songs. Good work if you can get it. Yeah, absolutely. You are my candy girl. It's it's literally bubblegum pop. There's no reason you should like it. That is literally. If you say bubblegum pop, I think that, and Mm -hmm. I think Palisades Park. Mm. Really, I am kind of just have a hate spot for true bubblegum pop from the 60s. But you love Yacht Rock. I love Yacht Rock. Yeah. That's the whole... Yacht Rock, they mean it. Wasn't there Palisades some- Park and all that <laughs> stuff. The bubblegum pop of the 60s, that's so, super fakey. I think I remember some sort of word game where you would say, so-and-so loves this but hates this, and you had to figure out what the connecting thing was. The fuck was that called? Oh, I'm intrigued. Tell yeah. me about the, What is this no, game? No, it was, it, was like, it was like one of those games you played when you were a kid, the... And it was like, you know... Keep yourself occupied in the car. Right, that kind of thing. And, and, and a lot of it had to do with like spelling and shit, like you were leaving out letters or something. So-and-so loves this but hates this. You know, figure out what the difference was between the two things. I'm going to have to research that and figure that one out. That's, that, that's going to take a little bit of Googling to figure that one out. 
But I will. I'll figure it out next week. So it'd be like... No, you won't. Like... Yeah, I will. Kirsten hates jam, but likes war. It'd be more like... And the answer would be jar. Something like that. It'd be be more more like Kirsten loves jam, but hates jelly. And you'd have to figure out what the fuck that meant. I can't figure out what the fuck I don't know either. Did it mean anything? I was. Oh, like, you just it trying was, to it was mostly wordplay. No, I mean I like some substance to my women. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, like, I didn't get that at like all. Like Velma. <laughs>